We're going to look in Luke chapter 8. I'm going to ask my wife to come back and help me with my headphones right here. Can you help me? I'm feeling tangled up in the spirit right here, right? Now, I want you to know this. I feel real comfortable in Baptist churches and Methodist churches and Pentecostal churches and Assembly of God and Church of God and COGOP. And I feel comfortable in all kinds of churches where we love the Lord and we love his word. I love this book. I got the leather one, man. This one won't go dead. Steve Jobs didn't make mine. You can have your iPad and your Android, but eventually you got to plug that thing back up into a charger. I can preach all day. I go all day. Like when you see a preacher with an iPad, at least you know that thing will die at some point and we going to lunch. Man, he can go all day on that thing. Man, that's leather. I grew up in a church where, man, they had that leatherback Bible. Zondervan, right, man? We were having some, some church with those moments. Listen, I grew up in church. I did not grow up in Jesus. You can grow up in church. I did not grow up. I wasn't born into Jesus, but I was born into the church. I had to, had to find the Lord, or better, the Lord found me, man. I was lost in the Lord. So I grew up in church, but I didn't grow up in the Lord. Today, I want us to get to the book I love, this book. I love this book. It is not just a great book among great books. This book is like the bookshelf that all other books rest on. This book is the floor that holds the bookshelf that holds other books. That's what this book is. And if you haven't been told that, welcome to CIL, because I know that our pastor here preaches from this book, and he loves this book. So welcome. We're so glad you're here. Join the 247 Club. The 242. Join. Go to that. It's awesome. Do that thing, Luke chapter 8. We're going to pinch and zoom into a section of Scripture, right? We're going to do the pinch and zoom. We're going to zoom into one part of the verse and one part of a story in Luke chapter 8, verse 40. The struggle, though, when you, like, look at the Bible in, like, this pinch and zoom, zooming into one little story, you miss that you're, you're really a part of a bigger story, Sometimes that happens in our life. When we pinch and zoom, you can like zoom in so far where the big picture has been missed. If you've ever tried to Photoshop those crow's feet, come on, ladies, don't play with me. I know she's 97 years old, looks 17. Do not play with me. No, I've seen her in real life. That is not what she looks like. No, it's not. And I'm like, mom, quit doing that. Quit putting it on. Just be mom. I need you to be mom today, right? When you pinch and zoom, sometimes you can zoom in so far that it's like you went too far in. And we lost the big picture. I think there's a temptation in our lives sometimes to zoom in so far to one part of our life or one part of our marriage or one part of parenting that we miss there's a bigger picture. And I can zoom so far in the only thing I'm looking at is my depression. The only thing I'm looking at is how my life didn't turn out, how I'm 60 years old, and I thought I would be a lot further along at 60 or 50 or 37 or 23, and we zoomed in too far. Now, we're going to zoom into a story, but I need you to know this is part of a bigger story. Luke is a guy who writes this story about Jesus. He's this physician. He travels along with the apostle Paul, and Luke is an outsider, I grew up in the church, but I always felt a little bit like an outsider. I don't know if there's anybody here this morning. This is the early service, so I don't know if the outsiders come to the early service. I think that's why we have late services for the outsiders. 
This is the, the earliest. Like, I, I never felt like an insider. I was a musician, so I, like, played the drums at church. And they were always saying, play softer. And I was always hitting them louder. Like, I was hitting them so loud I couldn't hear them to say, play softer. I always a little bit felt like an outsider. And when Jesus comes and Jesus walks on the earth, he's coming specifically to do some work with the Jews, with Jewish people. This book is like all about the Israelites. You ever think that's funny? You ever think it's weird? Why is this book all about the Jewish people? Like there's other, there's some of us that are not Jewish. We're here. Why has it got to be all about them? And then I realized the reason it's all about the Jewish people is because Jesus was Jewish. <laughs> if he would have been German, it'd been all about the German people, right? If Jesus was from like France, it'd be all about French history. Jesus was Jewish. And so it's not so much that the book is all about the Jews. The book is all about Jesus and Jesus was Jewish, but Luke wasn't. Luke was an outsider. He's a Gentile. Like the book of Luke is like our book. Those who are not Jewish. This is like my, I like this. He's like an outsider. He's a physician writing and the wayward souls. Luke is kind of teaching us this. There's a verse like Luke 19 verse 10. I, I don't know if they can throw that up. I always like to test them, see how fast they can get it up in the first service. Like just throw scriptures at them and see what, what can they do? Can they get it? How fast? Luke chapter 19, 10. It's like this theme verse, but Jesus has come to the outsiders, to the poor, to the broken. I can relate to that. Look at them. 32 seconds. You beat Life Church. You did. You beat Life Church down the street. They were 47. You were 32, right? For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's good news because I was lost. I was broken. I was messed up. He came to seek and to save the lost, not the put together, not the people who, like, I don't even look good on Facebook. Like some people, at least your life looks put, to, put together on Instagram. I don't even look put together on Instagram. I was lost. And this book tells me, and we're going to pinch and zoom into a story about a woman. We call her a woman with the issue of blood. Have you heard of her? Yeah, some of us. This woman who has an issue of blood, and she's part of a bigger story. I say all that because two things. I don't want you to zoom so far into certain parts of your life that you miss the bigger picture. And I also want to tell you there's more to this than I can preach in one service. I hope you feel enticed. Like even if you've had your Bible on the bookshelf for ages, I hope you feel enticed to go and find more. What is the bigger part of this story in the book of Luke? Let's jump in. Jesus is in full ministry mode. It's not a secret. Jesus is here and he is balling. He's got good things happening. Luke chapter 8, verse 40. Now Jesus returned and the crowd welcomed him. For they were all waiting for him and there came a man named Jairus who was a ruler of the synagogue and, and falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house for he had an only daughter about 12 years of age. She was dying and Jesus went. The people pressed around him, and there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all of her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowd surrounds you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touch me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. 
declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Jesus says to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. I zoom into this story in the middle of the ministry of Jesus, in the middle of a book where a physician is giving us a very detailed story about Jesus. Luke is really like, almost like a woman's gospel. It's all the details. <laughs> Men, you can go to the book of Mark, chapter five, find the same story. Mark is like a man's gospel. Mark is hitting the big picture. Tell me what happened. Three home runs in the third inning. Tell me what happened. I don't need to see all of it. Just give me to the details. My wife, I love her. She loves me. She's my wife, my first wife, my only one. She's my first one. I'm gonna stick with her. She's gonna stick with me. She can tell a story that only took 15 minutes to happen. Like, it didn't take but 15 minutes for the whole event to take place. It take her three hours to tell what happened in a 15-minute. How? How did? I don't understand. How can it only take? Listen, a man can tell in 15 minutes what took three hours to happen. I don't Luke. Luke gives these details, so many details. He's wanting to be very ordered. And as we zoom in to this story by a man named Luke that gives the details and all these things, I don't want you to lose that it's part of a bigger story, that you're part of a bigger story, and that she is. She is a woman who's had an issue for a long time. 12 years that she has been struggling with an issue. And I don't have to go into all the details. We don't have to turn to Leviticus to know that the issue is bigger than just she's uncomfortable. It's more than she's just uncomfortable. If you go to the doctor and they say something like, what's your pain level? Well, it's like a two. It's like a three. I don't even go to the, I don't even reach for Tylenol at a two. I don't even reach for Advil at a three. And it's not just that she's uncomfortable. This issue has reached to multiple areas of her life. The issue is complicated. It's an issue that kind of isolates her. It keeps her shut off and shut away from a lot of people. But it's an issue that cannot be fixed without a supernatural solution. In life, you have natural problems, a natural problem. Like I got about, hold on, I got about 25 natural problems right here. 25. Somebody said 30. You better hush your mouth in Jesus' name. It's not 30. It's 25 pounds or 25 natural problems. Now, I could have a supernatural solution. Jesus could just, poof, man, and he could just write that right in Jesus' name right now. Well, it didn't happen, but it could be a supernatural answer or, or a natural problem could have a natural solution. But a supernatural problem will never have a natural solution. So a problem that is beyond the natural can never be fixed with the natural. Like my sin-stained heart cannot, it's, it's bigger than just a natural problem. It's a supernatural issue that can only be dealt by Jesus. There are some problems in your life, it doesn't matter how far you go, how much you spend, this is not just a natural problem. You need the help of the heavenly father to get through this. You cannot just get through this on your own. You need Jesus. And she's realizing, I need Jesus. How does she know it? Evidently, she's heard about Jesus. Evidently, somebody's been talking about Jesus because she's heard about him. It's important for you to talk about Jesus. 
It's important because sometimes you won't be the conduit of healing. You're not going to be the person who like prays them through. They're not going to call you up in the midnight hour and say, I'm so thankful that you were just, you were just always there for me. And that's my impression of the people who call me at midnight. If you don't know, you might not walk them to Calvary, but you might be the one that tells them about the Jesus that they go to when everywhere else they've gone fails. Sometimes they need to hear your story and you're gonna, not going to know it impacted them. But you're going to be part of the influence that leads them to Jesus when every rehab clinic, every AA meeting, everywhere else has failed. This woman is finally on her way to Jesus. We know that her problem is costly. It cost her a lot. It actually cost her everything. She spends all that she has on the physicians. Mark chapter 5 tells us that the physician, she actually suffered at the hands of the doctors, right? She suffered at the hands of the doctors. I think it's neat that Luke leaves that out. You know why I think he leaves it out? Well, one, you could say, well, he was inspired by the Holy Spirit. He was a doctor. (laughs) So I'm not going to say that the doctors hurt her if I'm a doctor, I think he maybe just kind of like, oh, yeah, and she suffered a lot. It's like we always kind of like paint our picture in the best light. So Luke, Luke, it, it wasn't his fault, but, but Luke is telling us she has suffered. Mark tells us she wasted all of her money trying to fix it everywhere else but Jesus. Finally, this woman, with all of her issues, with all of her problems, she finally gets to Jesus, and she tries to do it in hiding. And what's interesting is in this story, you see her pressing through the crowd. And what is Jesus doing while she's chasing Jesus down, while she's sneaking up on Jesus? Far-flung tin can. We're a missions organization, and our director, he's anointed. He is God-given, man. We love him. But sometimes he is the craziest fool you have ever met in your whole life. I'm walking down the steps the other day. I've got a big dolly in my hand. I'm going down the steps, and this guy is hiding around the door, waiting to jump out and scare me. Why? Why'd you do that to somebody you love? He jumps out and scares me, and I'm not saying I fell down, and I'm not saying I peed a little. I'm just saying it scared me. I'm just saying that he scared me. He sneaks up on people. This lady snuck up on Jesus. She sneaks up on him. She doesn't come and say, she doesn't, she's not screaming out, son of David, son of David, have mercy on me. She kind of sneaks up to Jesus. You know what I love? I don't care how you come. I don't care how you come to Jesus. I don't care if you come from an Islamic background or you come from an atheist background or you come from a broken home or a home that pretended not to be broken but was. I don't care. Sneak up on him if you got to. But, but Jesus is the right one for you to go to. doesn't matter how you come. You don't have to come like I came. Man, we got to get to him. And she, she realizes, and there's all these things that tell her she shouldn't, really she shouldn't touch other people. She shouldn't really touch anyone because of her sickness. She's really supposed to quarantine. This lady is supposed to be in quarantine until her issue goes away. I know I'm not supposed to say words like quarantine. I know we're afraid that if we say it out loud, it'll happen. She's supposed to quarantine. She's not supposed to be out, be among folks. But she knows, I, ha- I, have to, I have to break through to get to Jesus. And where is Jesus when she sneaks up on him? He's on his way to help somebody else. Listen, I was like 23 years old. 
The first time I, I ever looked at this passage of scripture with the intention to share it with another group of people. And in looking at this, probably 23, 24 years old, and looking at this scripture, it, it really just jumped out at me that sometimes it seems like Jesus is always on his way to help somebody else. You ever feel that way? Like it's always, like this guy, Jarius, this, this guy, his daughter is sick. His 12-year-old daughter is sick, which is interesting because his daughter that's 12 years old is dying, and this woman has had an issue of blood for 12 years, that when her problem is starting, he's having a baby. Like when she's just beginning to have issues, he's just beginning to have joy and celebration. While he, in his house, it's like, yay, we have a new baby. And new babies are great for other people. Don't you put that on me, God. Don't you put a new baby on my life. New babies are great, man, but not, not for me. I don't need that. And his house is awesome. And her house, she's just beginning to have we were told we couldn't have children. We were told we couldn't have children for a while. They, they told my wife she's officially infertile. The day they told my wife she's officially infertile, I found out I was losing my job. My best friend calls me after I walk out and they give me a four-week notice that I'm losing my job. And, and it's the same morning that we were told we were infertile. My best friend from high school, Justin Hill, calls me to say, bro, guess what? I was like, what, man? I'm like wiping tears away in my like, two, like my 94 Toyota Corolla, the gold one with the wood dash, right? It's 95. Now, granted, it's like 2010. So at that point, that car was like old. And he calls, guess what? Tatum, my wife, he's my wife's pregnant, bro. I remember tears like streaming down. Saying, man, that is so great. That is so great. Like while his life was like erupting with joy, mine was falling apart. And I see that here. When I zoom in to the story, I can see that here. 12 years ago, 12 years ago from verse 40, one person is having an awesome experience and somebody else is having an awful experience. Sometimes I feel like Jesus, because the big question in life is who is Jesus? Like for, for the Islamic community, he was a good prophet, good teacher, not Messiah. For like really ultra-Orthodox Jews, Jesus is a false prophet. For the Christians, he is Messiah, Savior, God, man. That's who Jesus is. Who is Jesus to you? I think for a lot of people, Jesus is the, the God that's good to other people, but nothing ever works out for me. He is the Savior that helps others, but it's like my family, we never catch a break. I never get the promotion. I prayed and prayed and nothing happened. And this lady, for 12 years, while their house is growing, she's groaning in agony. But they will both encounter Jesus on the same day. She will press her way through the crowd, and she will touch him. What's awesome is even though it looks like Jesus is on his way to help others, he's right in position to be available to, to her. I want to tell you this today. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. What I, what I do know is this. It may feel like that God is in the business of helping everybody else. But, but don't confuse the absence of a miracle with the absence of the Messiah. Hear me, don't confuse that. Because it may feel like everybody else has this life that's working out. Everybody else's marriage seems so great. Everybody else, me and my wife, we minister from a place of great transparency. 
we talk about the miscarriage. We talk about how about three and a half years, our marriage just almost didn't make it through. We talk about things in a very transparent, we kind of peel back the curtains in our life. As we, as, as we zoom in, don't confuse the presence of your pain with the absence of God. Because yes, God is helping your neighbor. That doesn't mean he's not available for you. Yes, he's blessing our missions organization. Yes, he's blessing in Africa and in Thailand. Yes, he's blessing in these places. But who told you? Who made you feel that you couldn't come to him? She sneaks up on him. She touches the hem of his garment. And because she came in faith, she believed. Because she believed. Listen. I don't know. I don't know exactly what you're facing. But I think today there is this positioning that's taken place that brought you here from from whatever street you live on, that brought us here, that has positioned all these things for this to be the moment that you realize I'm strong enough to reach out to him. That was the thing about this woman. She's lost a lot in her life, but she has enough strength to reach out to Jesus. There's a lot of times in my life I don't feel that strong. I don't feel that spiritual, but, but most of the time I kind of have just enough strength to reach out to Jesus. I have just enough strength to pray about it. One day I went in to wake up my eight-year-old son, and I thought, let's have some fun today. And I took a cookie with me. I just got it in, in my hand. I'm going to wake up an eight-year-old. He doesn't always wake up really easily. We homeschool. He knows school starts first thing. So I walk in the room. I said, Memphis. His name is Memphis James. Memphis, it's time to wake up, man. He's like, I can't. I can't wake up. I'm too tired. And I was like, no, nah, man, come on, come on. It's time to get up. So no. And then I hold the cookie out and I say, hey, I got a cookie. And it's like, I watch him. He just like limps up just enough strength to get the cookie. It's like he had just, oh, oh, just enough strength. Man, I've had, listen, I've had those days where I just, I just had enough strength. Listen, I've had them. I've had those days in my life where I barely had enough strength just to, I've had moments in my life where like, I don't know what I believe. How could a good God let that happen to me? If God is so good, how could this happen to my family? I've had those days where I just barely had enough strength. And when you zoom in, you realize that if I have enough strength to reach, he has enough strength to heal. If I got enough strength to reach, he has enough strength to heal. Listen, family. I know it's hard. I know sometimes we feel like we pray over and over and over again. Beautiful thing about this story is it's a story of two tales. It's a story of two women. Remember that little 12-year-old girl? She dies. She dies. And after Jesus will heal this woman, he'll go and he'll move on to that little girl 
who's laying lifeless. He'll walk into the room, put everybody else out. See, sometimes I'm, I'm living in a position where I have just enough strength to reach out. But there have been times where I didn't have enough strength to get to Jesus. But he came to me. You know, I think there might be people watching live stream this morning and they didn't even have enough strength to make it to church. They're watching a recording of this service. They didn't have enough strength to, they'd be laying in their bed in depression and it's like they didn't have enough strength. And I've been there where I didn't even have enough strength to believe, but somebody went to him on my behalf. That little girl had a father who prayed. Listen, grandma, Mimi, grands, that grandchild you're praying for, don't quit. Because they may literally not have the strength to get to Jesus. But it may be that our intercession, it may be that our groanings are moving the heart of Jesus to go to them. I want to tell you a story, then I'm going to invite Pastor Aaron to come and lead us in communion. A friend of ours shared her testimony with us. I was pastoring, and um, there was this young girl about my age. I'm still young. I can say that. There was a young girl about my age, and um, she began to come to our church, and she was a young professional and and very successful, but she would always kind of come almost late, leave early. She would never shake her hands, really. She never wanted to hug. Now, we're huggers, man. We hug people, right? 2020, it did a number on us, man. I'm used to hugging people, and I'd be like, I'm so sorry. And she came for months to our church. And I would build a relationship with her and she, you know, like it was my wife and her became friends. And one day she, she shared her story. She had, around the age of middle school, she had contracted a, a sickness, an issue in her body. And her body began to produce like an oil, a gland in her body began to produce an oil that caused her to smell bad. Smell like rotten fish, just like a really, really bad smell. Perfume wouldn't cover it up. This wasn't like a gluten issue. Going vegan didn't fix it. Like, that fixes everything else, but I mean, like it wouldn't fix that. Um, I mean, it was really, really hard. Middle school, she begins to have that. Middle school is hard anyways, but you throw that in there. High school, prom rolls around. Nobody's asking her. Isolated, hurt, wounded. Wounded, hurting, broken. Goes to college. She figures, she finds little stairwells that she can stand in sometimes when the class is full so she can hear and not have to walk in because whenever she goes somewhere, she's people, what is that? This little girl loved the Lord, was hurting, was broken. She tells the story to my wife. She doesn't really tell it publicly much. I share it and and she's able to like, like help others through that, but. One day, she's in her room, and she says, Lord, I've asked you a thousand times to heal me. But if you need me to, I'll ask one more. If you need me to ask again. She, she asked one more time, and she said, all I know, she said, it seemed like all of time stood still. And I felt the love of God like wash over me she said I began to weep in my room she said it was like I could feel how much he loved me 
next day I got up. No change, nothing changed. She's like, but over the course of the next few weeks, suddenly that issue that I had was gone. It was all gone. Suddenly the, the girl who at once just smelled so, so bad, like the Lord healed her. I tell that story sometimes and I remind people to never stop asking God. Never stop reaching. You might be sitting here and saying, I've prayed a thousand times. I'm telling you today to reach. That if you have the strength to reach, he has the strength to heal. I, I love you guys already. We feel like family. Can I get you to do one thing? Would you bow your heads for me this morning before pastor comes? I just would love to pray for you. Me. I'm not asking anybody to come forward, anything like that. Nobody else looking around. I just want, on the count of three, I just want you to lift your head and make eye contact with me. I want us to have a moment where you can know and I can know that I'm praying for you. So if that's you, on the count of three, I just want you to lift your head. One, two, three. I'm just looking. I see you. I see you. I see you right here. Just lifting your head. I see you right there. Is that you looking at me? I see right here. I see you. I see you. I see you right here. I see you. I just, if you got the power to reach, he has the power to heal. I see you right here. Is that you right there in the, I see you. Others right here. I see you coming like Is that you looking at me right there? Yeah. I see you guys. I'm going to pray. Looking right over here. Is that you right here looking at me? You know. Jesus, this is us reaching for you. We do not have the power to heal. I cannot fix what is beyond my natural ability, but I have enough strength to reach. Today, we reach out to you. Jesus, good Father, Jesus, I pray you would do what a sermon cannot, what a, what a song cannot, what only you can do. Holy Spirit, move and minister. In Jesus' name, amen, Pastor. Wow, I just uh, feel very loved by the Lord right now. Do you feel that? And uh, Brian's authenticity, and you just you just feel kind of the the hug of the Lord, the love of the Lord. And so we're going to experience that together. These guys may even minister a little more in music. Um, hey, let's just in an attitude of prayer, if you're able to, let's stand together. And we're just going to allow these next few minutes to receive His love, to receive His love. Um, and that might come through um, you praying with someone that you've come with today. It may be you coming down to the front, like as an altar. Uh, we also are going to have the Lord's Supper, His communion, which was an intimate time. The Lord said, hey, I, I'm going to feast with my children. I, I want to, my friends, really. He said, I don't call you servant, I call you friends. And so the table's open. And so if I, I'll give a little um, instruction about that you may have received or may have picked up one of those um, portable communion packets and and you're welcome we'll bless those you're welcome to take communion that way or if you choose to come to the front Les Fuller uh, one of our leaders at the church he, he'll kind of let each row go and um, Pastor Daniel will present you the bread you can put your hand out and he'll present the bread and then Beth and I will present the cup uh, if you want to take it by intention, that's taking the bread and dipping it in the cup. I'll be holding that. And 
Pastor Beth, she'll be holding the, the smaller cups. Um, we've been putting masks on, but just so you know, starting this Sunday, we, we won't have masks on. And so we understand that that might change whether you come to the front. That's okay. It's an individual decision, but it's just time to, to make that shift for us. Um, and and we, we trust the Lord in that. And so, Lord, we welcome your presence here right now. I just feel like a lot of us were really connected to felt needs. Uh, sometimes it's a need that you buried, and you're like, this is a need that I've become so accustomed to, like I've learned to live with it. And because I've learned to live with it, I'm not reaching for Jesus anymore. And I want to tell you that you've been, you've been called to reach for Jesus again. You've been called to pray for the 1,001 time, first time, 1,001 times, you know, he said, hey, you prayed a thousand times, here's a thousand and one. And so, so our faith has been called upon, not in a, hey, you people of doubt, you don't have enough faith. The love of the father has said, hey, I love you even in the things you're embarrassed about. I love you in the things that you're trying to hide. I love you in the things you're trying to forget. I love you through the things you're trying to bury. I, I love you through the things that, that you feel vulnerable in. And the Lord says, I love you through that hurt. And I love you through that disappointment. I love you through that pain. And so I give you Jesus today. And we're just going to allow the presence of Jesus, whether it's through the cup or through the song that Brian and Ashley and Jonathan lead or through the prayers of the saints, uh, we receive that this day. I want to invite you to pray a prayer of confession with me. And, and I want to emphasize the part that says, Father uh, Almighty, you know, set up your kingdom in our midst. And I just want you to know in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your challenge, the kingdom of God is there. The kingdom of God is not in your perfection. The kingdom of God is not when you have it all together. The kingdom of God is in your pain and in your hurt. So if you so choose, would you pray this prayer with me? Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, Set up your kingdom in our midst. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Holy Spirit, breath of the living God, renew me and all of the world. The table of the Lord is open. Let's spend some time with the presence of the Lord.